You are listening to the Enormo Cast. Hey, folks. You know, there's only two things in this world that scare me. One is prepubescent gym rats warming up on my project in front of me. You know, pad sniffers, smell like Skittles, small hands. And the other thing that scares me, lawyers. But Dan Markoff is here to help. Climber, lawyer, Enormacast fan, and partner at Atkins and Markoff, Dan has set up an email hotline to field your inquiries about any type of lawyer you might need. Email climbinglawyer at gmail.com with inquiries. Dan knows this shit scares you too. All right, on to the show. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where you playing it at? Are you playing here? We're doing the uh, Enormo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, the big place. That's, it That's a big nice. place. You sold it out. I'll see. You really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Good weather. Bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment, with support from Maxim Ropes. And don't forget our friends at Defiant Bean Roasters. Defiantbean.com. Enter normal at checkout for a discount on great coffee. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Normal Cast. This is your host, Chris Caloose. It is... October 24th, about 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. This is episode 45 of the Enormacast, a conversation with kayaker and ice climber Aaron Mulkey. But before we get to that, as usual, I've got some business to take care of. First of all, a last week, about a week and a half ago, I spent a few days in the Red River Gorge. Yep, I set my eastern climbing record. I flew way past Illinois, which used to be the old record. So good for me. I know it's a huge hole in my resume. There's a whole world in the east, southeast that I haven't been to, but this was just a dip, a little toe dip. And I promise to dive in completely in the coming year and stop flying over it to Europe, despite the delicious baguettes. I'm going to land and go into the south. I'm not afraid. And first off, I want to thank everybody who were such great hosts to me down there. O-Dub and his crew from Cincy, Sarah and Taylor and Lisa, awesome hosts. And the Jeffs, couple Jeffs, Greg, Witter, Andy. Anyway, a whole bunch of people took me into their arms, cradled me like I was their newborn babe and showed me to the base of the climbs. And uh, I had a great time climbing Met a whole bunch of cool people, met a bunch of fans of the show, which was fun because Rocktoberfest was going on. So anyway, it was more of a fact-finding mission. No, I didn't do any pre-setup to do interviews. I didn't set anything up, and uh, you know, I brought my recorder, but the cold, the cold attack, the, hey, you don't know me, but will you do an interview on my podcast that you've never heard of? That doesn't really work that well, actually, and it's kind of actually embarrassing, so... I prefer not to do that, but I made some contacts, talked to some people. So the next time I'm in town, I'm sure I will get some folks from the red on the mic. But along with that, I'd like to ask a favor 
of all you guys. I get a lot of emails from people who tell me that they'd love to hear so-and-so on the show. This guy, that guy. Maybe it's somebody famous. Maybe it's someone they know that's cool. And I totally and completely appreciate all those suggestions. And I do my best. I like to do this thing face-to-face. I have not done anything over the phone, which I'm kind of avoiding for some reason. I have no real logical reason for doing that, but it was sort of a thing I, I decided I wanted to do. So as you know, and as I've told you before, it's who's crossing my path. So the thing that would really help me, though, from you guys is as soon as you get done sending me that email that says, hey, I want, I'd love for you to interview this guy, even if you don't know that person, you know, even if it's Adam Andra or somebody like that, the next thing you do after you send that email is to send one to them if you can find their address or their Facebook page or whatever else. Even if you don't know them, you can just say, hey, I'm a fan, I'm inspired by what you do, and there's this podcast that you ought to check out. Now, all that will do for me is that when I walk up to them and go, hey, I have this podcast, they may not even remember where, but they'll go, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Okay, And as soon as they say, oh, yeah, I've heard of that, that's my in. That's when I kick the door down. So if you guys know any of these people personally that you want me to interview, and I know a lot of folks do, you've got these friends or people in the community you'd love to hear come on the show, you got to remember to suggest it to them as well. Because then when the time is right and our paths cross, they're not just like, you are and you're from and I know you because. Instead, they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. People have told me about that. I'd love to spend my time doing that. So that's my request from you guys. Those of you who have a long list of people you want to hear on the show, but my list is really long too. And if you send me some names, I usually put them on there. So anyway, that's it. The red was great. I did lay some foundations and talk to some people for future interviews. So it'll happen down the road. All right. Last thing tonight is a piece of business that um, Defiant Bean Roasters, our charter sponsor, the folks that were with us first, with me first on the Enorma cast, they actually have changed up their business a little bit. Another local company, Bonfire Coffee, bought the roasters. And that really, so far, hasn't changed anything for us. You can still get coffee at a discount. You can still put Enormo in the checkout code. And I still get a little bit of money from that. Um, the only th- thing that has changed is that you need to go to bonfirecoffee.com and order your coffee out there. You'll see on the front page that Defiant Bean and Bonfire are connected now. Although if you still enter defiantbean.com, I think you go there anyway. But I don't know how much longer that will last. So bonfirecoffee.com, you can still get Defiant Bean. Jeff's still the guy that's putting it in the bag for you and sending it out. So Enormo at checkout gets you the coffee and the discount, and everything else. Okay. I think that's it. Episode 45, Aaron Mulkey. Now, I recorded this one way back in August, I think. It was another one that I got at the trade show. And in fact, it was the first one I did, which means I've referred to it in ones that I've already put out. So we're sort of time traveling into the past, in the future, in the way that podcasts can do. Anyway, Aaron Mulkey ice climber, kayaker, kind of this weird niche where he doesn't really even rock climb, which he'll talk about. He either climbs it when it's frozen or he floats on it when it's flowing down rivers. And uh, pretty psyched guy, super nice guy. 
I didn't really know Aaron before we did this interview. Um, one of his sponsors hooked us up, but I'm sure glad I sat down with him. Really great guy, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. Plus, plus, I tell one of my favorite stories about the reason I don't ice climb anymore. So that's buried in there as well. All right, this is a fun one. Aaron Malky, cold, wet, and loving it. So yeah. you, um, you're not married. Not married. Actually, I will be here in a couple of weeks. Oh, right on. August 31st. You're going to get married. Back in. Nice. Coming back in. Your current girlfriend bought you. Current, yeah. My current girlfriend bought me, won me in a raffle, I should say. She bought a raffle to be with me. That's awesome. <laughs> to yeah. go climbing, I To go hope. climbing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, exactly. I don't know uh, what kind of raffle it was. Yeah, but. you know, you know, you get desperate at times uh-huh. and, you know, some things happen. Uh, yeah, and I was at the Portland Ice Festival, actually, and uh, they were raffling off a day of climbing with me, and uh, yeah, she won it. Which Portland? Portland, Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. It was an indoor ice climbing oh, festival. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Portland Ice Festival, uh, they have like an indoor competition mm-hmm. and yeah, fun stuff. So, but yes. that was a good time. Warner and, uh, yeah, it all kind of went from there. So I, I, it's, uh, been good. Can't complain at all. Uh huh. Yeah. And this is your fiance? My fiance. And you're getting married in two weeks. Getting married in two weeks, August 31st. Awesome. Yep, yep. In, in Cody. In Cody, at the house, little live band, yeah, big party, and yeah, it's going to be a good time. Was she from Portland originally? Yeah, she moved and out. She moved out to Cody. I moved her out, yeah. I mean, Cody's, it's a small town, man. You got to right. import. Yeah, you know, for it's, sure. It's, uh, I know. You know, it's it's not exactly the safest dating place in the, in the country. So. It's not, um, I don't know, I've never been there, but. In terms of, of what we just said, I mean, the, the only place I've spent a lot of time in in uh, Wyoming is in Lander. Yeah. And Lander, actually, at least during the Climber Fest, is pretty stacked. Yeah, they, they kind of come out of the woodwork. There's, some, there's a lot of import going on there, too. Those aren't all local. No, well, but, I mean, Knowles yeah. is there. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of fit young people, if yeah. you will. Healthy, fit, young people. I'd say Cody's the opposite of that. <laughs> So. Um, let me get my intro in here. So I'm sitting here with Aaron Mulkey, who is uh, an ice climber slash kayaker, pretty much yep. rock climber as well, but, but dabble in the rock, dabble climbing. In the rock yeah. climbing. Um, we've never met before today. Uh, you're one of your sponsors hooked us up. Um, and anyway, welcome to the roadway in dude. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's the, this is, I think part six. Of the Roadway Chronicles now. Really? My third year at the Roadway Inn doing interviews at the trade show. So welcome. You're an esteemed, esteemed company as Jonathan Segrist, Randy Levitt, wow. James Lucas. So some serious we're going to continue. The, the, the normal things may happen. There may be some vacuuming in the background, <laughs> uh, but we're not going to worry about it. I got the Do Not Disturb sign out, oh, so okay. we should be fine. And <clears throat> I brought Aaron on the show, I think... Mostly because I don't do the things he does. Um, I don't, as we know, listeners know, I'm not a big ice climber anymore. Uh, I once was, actually. I could probably still get up a waterfall if I was forced to <laughs> by, like, I don't know, a pool of sharks beneath it or Grizzly something like that. or something, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely do not kayak. <laughs> and while I just find ice climbing to be fairly uncomfortable, and that's why I don't do it, I actually find kayaking to be terrifying. And... 
death-defying. And the other thing is I don't like cold water, which <laughs> coincidentally your the name of your uh, your blog and website is coldfear.com. Yep. Okay. Yep. I wasn't sure about the com, but yeah, coldfear.com. All right. So it's actually speaking to my own like inner demons <laughs> right there. I really don't. I mean, I, even like a relatively cold swimming pool I don't like. I just don't like wow. water splashing on my face. So you're okay with swimming though, like yeah, I can swim, and I was a diver actually at one point when I was a kid. But just I don't know, it's a weird thing. I and I go hypothermic really quickly, um, (laughs) with cold water. With cold water, but I can be out in the snow. It's 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 a weird combination. Anyway, too much about me. But what I would, uh, what was I even getting at? I don't even remember now. (laughs) Cold fear. I don't cold fear. uh, I don't like kayaking. Um. Oh, what I was going to get at is one of the things, too, is that I'm not very good at fast things. And climbing is very slow. We were just discussing this, the difference between, you know, the way you use your muscles kayaking and the way you use your muscles yeah. climbing. And But I also think about the dynamicism of the environment. And with climbing, I mean, I guess among within climbing, like rock climbing versus ice climbing, it's much more dynamic oh, yeah. in ice fall. But still, compared to moving water, we're, we're totally different. So let's just, I guess, just get into it. Like, um, where do you got, where do you sort of see those things like meeting and where do you see them dividing? And, and as we get into this, we can talk about who you are and what your background yeah. is. They're two different worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, they really are. I mean, there's a, the mental game is somewhat the same for sure. But, uh, you know, the, the kayaking thing that, you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, once you decide to run that waterfall or run that rapid, like, you know, you can't just throw in a piece and say, take. You know, mm-hmm. that's not there. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, you're kind of in it, and it's like, all right, we got to figure out how we're going to make this work. Cause right. I'm in it now, and I'm going. So, uh, you know, it's so uh, you know that's definitely different. I, and I would say the mental game there is like, you know, when shit goes bad, it it's, continues to go bad. There's not just taking on the rope or you fall on the rope. Like you can get really bad really quick. And uh, there's definitely a difference between some kayakers that I have some great friends that kayak really. I mean, they're great ca- paddlers, but stuff goes bad and then they just lose it you know you're just uh-huh. like what's going on man like you you know you're just you're like dazed and confused out there he's like uh, you know they just lose their mind so the people that can really keep it together mentally in those really crappy situations you know when you're getting cartwheeled and trindled in some big hole and you know you forget which way is upright you know that's those are the guys that really can kind of push themselves to that mm-hmm. next level and I, I think i like that as well you know it's a little little mind game there well i i always get the impression and this is maybe wrong that you know, within a certain, I don't know, the classes like the one, two, three, or four, or five. But if you're like a relatively avid kayaker who kayaks relatively well, like it, it feels to me like there is a really high potential for catastrophe. Like nearly every time you go kayaking, <laughs> am I wrong about that? Is that like completely ludicrous? And let, let's talk about like people who are routinely kayaking like on those upper upper levels yeah i mean you're class five is when you're paddling class five on a regular basis there's you definitely got i mean you got to keep your mind in the game and there's Mm -hmm. definitely routinely some some things that can happen but i think the longer you do it you know the the smarter you get at it as well sure and you know i mean the the thing is is like you know if you're going to go to some water ice six and you want to go and climb it, like you got to have the skills to get up, right? Well, kayaking, I mean, I could take you to a 50-foot waterfall today and say, all right, we're going to put you in a boat, and you're going to go off, and right. you could do it, 
I don't know how it's going to end, but you sure. can do it. You know, so a lot of people can get into trouble big time that way because just you can get in over your head really quickly. Right. And uh, I mean, that's definitely where a lot of that danger can come from for sure. Um, you know, I, I think you just kind of get numb to some of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, and if having a good crew is key. You know, just like a good climbing partner, having a good crew of people there to set safety or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. you know, the same thing happens. You end up you know, places you should have set safety and you didn't, you know, or, or something like that. And, right. But swimming, I mean, that's like the last thing that you ever want to do, especially in class five and start swimming. Right. So you want to stay in your boat and uh, it better be the last, you know, choice that you have to pull the skirt and decide to swim in class five because it, it, that's when things are going to get bad, you know. And I, I've had plenty of good friends that have passed away, you know, mm-hmm. paddling and uh, lost some really great friends and. No, but I can say the same thing about climbing, unfortunately, you know, so I don't know that the, there's a, you know, accident rate that's higher by any sure. means. Um, I think once you decide to play at that level, it becomes an inherent risk as well. So you're 36 now. Yeah. How long have you been boating? About? Started paddling in uh, 2000. Okay. Yep. So 13 years ago. 13 years ago. That's pretty easy math, actually. Yeah. 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 It makes it really easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let me ask you this. You just mentioned about uh, sort of experience or getting better or getting, you know, to, to understand it better. Like, what is, what can you kind of describe the arc of where you're at? Because I read one of your blog posts, um, and I can't remember which one it was, but uh, at coldfear.com about going to do a, a creek with some, one of your buddies who was super amped for it. And I think the tagline at the end was that you guys turned around and went to the car after you saw him run it and go over the <laughs> waterfall backwards and everything yeah. else. Like he'd made your decision not, yeah, not, not to, run, to it. run it. Yeah. You know, so knowing that most of the time you, the youthfulness kind of comes with more riskiness. Plus you got two kids now yep. or have for, for quite a few years actually. So, I mean, can you describe any sort of arc in, in maybe your attitude towards boating? You know, it's it's funny. I, I uh, in the climbing world, I climb with most people that are similar in age, pretty close. In the kayaking world, most of my partners. There's a got lot of a, old fogey ice climbers. Yeah, actually. there is, there is. You know, <laughs> and then in the kayaking world, most of my partners are ten years, twelve years, fifteen years younger than I am. Okay. You know, and so, you know, that the arc of it all. I'm not. You know, it's. I still feel like I'm. In the kayaking world and, and ice climbing world, I'm definitely at the top of my game. It's the last few years have been really good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've changed mentally for sure. You know, I'm not willing to just throw the dice and just, all right, well, let's, I don't know, it looks 50 50. I'm going to go for it. Right. You know, I definitely try to take a little more, you know, precise decisions. <laughs> right. You know, I, I would, many people would probably question my decisions, but, you know, uh, yeah, we were up on Big Timber Creek outside of Bozeman. It's full of, it's like Disneyland big slides and, you know, and then there's this really cool big giant slide with like a 25, 30 foot waterfall at the end. Mm-hmm. Water was low. I'd run it high or water, really high water and it went really well for me. And I looked at it and I was just like, oh man, I'm, this thing looks a little low. There's going to be a lot of bouncing going on. Mm-hmm. You know, but he wanted it. You know, and he, I was like, well, you know, we'll see how it goes then. You know, so they, he stepped it up and next thing you know, he's halfway, you know, halfway down the slide and he's backwards and he's moving probably about 25 mile an hour. And it uh, goes over the waterfall sideways and ends up having to swim and gets pushed into a cave. And we'd throw a rope, get him out of the cave and get him out. And it's like, all right, I'm walking. Right. <laughs> that that really kind of sealed the deal for me, you know. And so uh, it is kind of, you know, the, the nice thing is I, 
there are the times where you know the old guys the guy's got to go first but right with these younger guys it does seem sometimes i can i'm yeah, yeah. i call them the probies you know they're always willing to kind of go and go for it <laughs> the you new know? guy that has to walk point like, yeah yeah but they like all in the want Vietnam me to, movie yeah they yeah. all want me to swim i can right. remember tying down the river that uh, these these two guys had gone down i knew the drop and you know and, and I looked down, and one of the guys is just getting—he's just getting his ass kicked in this hole. I mean, I'm just seeing end after end, you know, and I'm just like, "Well, I'm going to figure out a way around this." But they're on the bank yelling; they think it's me because we had the same color boat and helmet, mm-hmm. and that's how mm-hmm. fast he's actually getting tossed in this hole. They're like, "Yeah, Mulky, go! Yeah, yeah!" You know, and and then finally, one of the guys yells from the side, and he's like, "That's not Mulky! Get a rope! Get a rope!" You know, so I was like. I'm sitting there like, whoa, guys, like, what you, what's right. going on? Like, now you want to save the guy, but he thought it was me and let was... like, Monkey go for the ride? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Some stranger, let's help you. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So then they gave me crap because I was like, well, I'm going to sneak the hole then. And they're like, oh, you snuck the hole. I'm like, no, I'm just a little smarter, guys. You know, I get a little smarter in my older age. What does that mean, snuck the hole? I just went around, I was able to find a line oh. to get around oh, it instead okay. of trying to run right down the meat like they had done. You know, was yeah, like, you're talking to on. a total bajoke yeah. when it comes to talking. <laughs> snuck the hole. Yeah. All right. But, you know, it, it's, it's good times like that, you know, and, and, you know, the thing about kayaking is once you learn how to roll your kayak, mm-hmm. you can really go into, you know, challenging yourself really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're in climbing, you, you really, you just can't be off the couch and go climb, you know, 513, 514. You got to work up to it. Right. And kayaking, once you learn the roll, you really can start putting yourself in some pretty big stuff. It's just a matter of how you start dealing with it at mm-hmm. that point. So, well, sort of, I, I think about the the kayaking uh, as an analogy to climbing. I think about surfing as an analogy to climbing. You know, I find these there's certain disciplines that kind of fit into this group. But one of the things that I, I've sort of noticed, and this applied with me for eight with aid climbing, is that when I was pursuing a climbing really hard and climbing on el cap um to climb harder meant to climb things that were more dangerous it just fits that way yeah and and with kayaking it, it kind of feels a little bit of the same and maybe not a hundred percent maybe there's really challenging things to to kayak well that have a, a run out that's that's not a big deal but it does feel sort of the same. Like to get better at it and to cl- and to kayak harder means to kayak more dangerous things. With rock climbing and even ice climbing to a certain extent, that's not always the case. I mean, especially with ice climbing, with mixed yeah. climbing on bolts, you know, you can challenge yourself. Fi- I mean, rarely are 514s run out if if ever. There's only a, probably a handful that are truly yeah. run out. So it's like it's kind of this thing where where it it's feels the same in as many many ways you know we get lumped in we're all here at the trade show together but we're on these different paths for sure yeah you know we are lumped together and i think with kayaking you know you're a class five paddle a class three isn't anywhere near as fun anymore right like my local river in the shoshone i grew up i didn't grow up there i grew up learning how to kayak on that river Mm -hmm. i'd paddle it four days a week and loved it every minute of it Mm -hmm. now i'm like you know, somebody will, hey, let's go run. It's just like, uh, you know, I, you know, I want to. Sure. You know, even the class four section, it's just like I don't, I don't have that drive for it anymore. Sure. And so yeah, it's, I'd rather go out and find something that's never been done, or go, you know, you get scared a little bit more. You know, like I mean, this last weekend, we found this, you know, big massive gorge that's never been run before. You know, and I, all you, all I can been thinking about since then is to be able to go back in there and drop uh-huh. into it you know after scouting it and actually we had tried to run it we were going to try to run it but then realized it was going to take longer than that and you know but i'm all about it now that's all i can think about like right. i just 
dreams of going into this unknown canyon. And I know there's like, you know, there's a, like a mandatory 60 foot waterfall in there that's pretty tricky and a bunch of other crap. And it's like, I know it's going to, like, the suffering will be going on. There's going to be a lot of other crap. But now it's all I can think about. Right. You know, it's like, what's around that next corner? So, again, with lumping all these sports together, I think from the outside looking in, you know, from sort of the layman is that we're all these quote unquote adrenaline junkies, <laughs> which is, I've always found to be pretty absurd with rock climbing. Um, because if there is adrenaline, you know, especially like sport climbing or whatever, it's, it's kind of made up, you know, you think you're going to fall and die, but, but you really know that you're not. But when looking and listening to you about kayaking, like it sounds like it applies. Like you guys are, are a little bit, uh, adrenaline addicts. I mean, like you just said, like just bumping down, you know, class three isn't, isn't, you know, getting you your fix anymore. Yeah. Is that, is that true? Or I mean, Dude, I, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's totally true. And I, I, you know, I've done some, some speaking before about, it. I talked this at my slideshows. It is, I think it becomes, and, and really nice climbing in another way as well, but kayaking, yeah, you almost become like a drug addict. I mean, I need to like, you know, I mean, my fiance, I was just she's like, you got to go out and go do something like you're, you know, you're starting to lose your mind. You're bugging me. You sure. Know? And I, and I can feel myself like, start to get down into like this weird, like, you know, not depression, but just a weird place, you know, and then I go out, you know, and you don't think about anything else, but what's going on. Cause when you're on the river, that's it. You know, it's, it's, you're just thinking about what's going on mm -hmm. at those moments, similar to climbing as well. And, and there is that, you know, that fear, I mean, you know, like dropping off a waterfall or a big, big rapid and, you know, dissecting that and putting it together. Like uh -huh. there's a different mental state that kind of happens there. You know, sort of like being run out on a piece of ice, you know, 60 feet, there's no gear and you got it, you know, all right, you know, it's game on. I got to put my mental game on here and keep it together. It's similar to that. You mm -hmm. know? And so, yeah, I would say without a doubt, it becomes an addiction. I wonder, like, I'm going to look this up because I wonder what the research is on this. I would bet you that when you say, yeah, when I don't get out and do stuff, I become sort of down on the dumps. I bet you there's there's some sort of chemical thing actually happening in you. Yeah, I would believe there it. has to be. Yeah, right. I'd because it. your your body's used to this like thing that that yeah. it's pumped in, you know. So changes the uh, the chemical state somewhere. Yeah. yeah. If no, someone knows about that, maybe they can write in and, and tell me about it. But I'll look it up on the internet <laughs> too because it just makes it makes perfect sense yeah. that your body is going to get used to a certain chemical balance, and when these things are deficient, it's going to get out of whack. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. Well, let's switch over to ice climbing then because you mentioned suffering. Oh, and yeah. this gorge drop that you're going to do. <laughs> and also you, you've mentioned earlier that, you know, you, you do rock climb, but like it doesn't, it doesn't sort of get you going the way ice climbing does. And, and right now, like I'm a, there's through line is appearing because, you know, within rock or within the worlds of climbing, you know, we all know that sort of pure hardcore alpinism is statistically probably the most dangerous thing. But, adrenaline or whatever your thrill is and danger aren't always the exact same thing yeah. because having climbed big mountains, not necessarily terribly dangerous ones, but ones that I felt were dangerous. It's like, it's not this like constant fear because the whole thing is this grind and it's more this like, Oh, in the back of your head, you know, you're getting further and further out there. And maybe like when the storm does come in and the shit hits the fan, there's this little pump but it's really not – it's still not an adrenaline thing. But then I, I start to think about ice climbing. Like ice climbing does has the, have those moments that like jump out at you 
all of a sudden things go haywire. You know, the crack appears, <laughs> the the big chunk you just kicked flies off in a way that rock climbing doesn't even even appear. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm famous infamous like my pop psychology on these shows like as i listen to somebody talk but it feels as though these these there's maybe you found the one niche in climbing that has these like thrilling moments that maybe can just like get you through till the water melts and you can run it on a kayak again yeah. am i am i getting anywhere yeah totally i i 100 agree you know and i i started rock climbing you know you have I started, a problem sir uh, you have a problem wait is this an intervention yeah exactly people showing up coming in the door exactly. like all right mulkey oh man yeah you know i mean admit I, it yeah admit it come on you know i i started rock climbing and that's really what all kind of happened but then I only rock climbed a couple of times before the buddy took me out ice climbing. I was like, all right, this, I like this. Like it was obvious difference of what I liked it. I liked it a lot more. And you know, for me, it, I don't mind rock climbing, but I'd rather go ice climbing or I'd rather go kayaking. So rock climbing's on there, but the, there is a different mental piece for me for sure. You know, the ice is always different. You know, you go do that route two or three times, but you know, it's not always the same. So, you know, yeah, you can obviously get sketched out, I think, a little bit more on the ice, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, weather can come in or, you know, yeah, something cracks, you know. I mean, it, I think you can sometimes do a whole lot more stupid things, um, right. you know, in the ice climbing world versus, you know, going out and plugging in gear or whatever else. And, you know, I just, I think for me, it's definitely an addiction. I think more of my addiction in ice climbing is going out and, you know, finding that stuff that hasn't been done before or, you know, has anybody walked up that canyon to see if there's anything there? You know, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, it's kind of there's that unknown factor, which for me, I think I'm kind of always kind of searching for. You know, right? And I, sometimes for me, the unknown is better. Like, you know, if you go tell me that oh, there's this classic route in Canada, you know, it's just great water ice six. You got to go up and do it. Like instantly, like I get this like mental block of like oh god, it's water ice six. It's gonna be hard. You know, versus like. If I was to go find that route in the middle of nowhere, I'd have no idea. You know, there's no story behind it. It's kind of a blank sure. slate for me. And I'm like, all of a sudden, you're, it's done. You're like, oh, man, that was sweet. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go ever do it again, maybe. But, you know, so sometimes I don't, it doesn't get me worked up as much. You know, right. so I think that's kind of why I, I tend to gravitate towards, hey, you want to go out and climb the classic, you know, thing? And oh, let's go, I don't know, let's go walk in the woods for a while. You sure. know, see what we find. You know, it's always kind of better for me. I don't know. I think I kind of play a mental game with myself. Well, that's interesting you say that because I was just talking to someone from Canada about how a lot of those routes up there, these really famous hard routes, get repeated by people from elsewhere because they don't have the baggage. They don't look at it and go, oh, this guy did that. I'm not nearly as good as him and and everything else. Most people would say that going and finding a first ascent and climbing it would be in a lot of ways more difficult, but yeah. but you're sort of saying like at least you don't have this weight of like, oh, the top of it's got this, you know, this detached pillar that <laughs> so-and-so climbed in 1982 and no one's repeated it. And, ah. yeah. Instead, you just arrive at the pillar and go, well, let's see if I can climb this thing. Yeah. You I know? didn't see it fall down, you know, for right. the last five years or whatever else. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 I know. That's without a doubt. That is where it is for me. And that's, you know, even like, Going to Alaska, you know, this it's April's for my first time there and you know, we're gonna go do a route that had been done and so you start getting on the internet and you're like reading all this stuff mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh man, what am I getting myself into? Mm-hmm. You know, let's just go do something new. You know, let's go somewhere nobody's ever been. Like that sounds better. Let's go try to do a new route. You know? Sure. Yeah, which is 
stupidity in some ways. You know, it's like, well, let's go do. We know that what's here. We know what we're gonna our challenges are versus. But I guess that's just kind of the way I'm, I'm built mentally for some reason. I don't know. Right. You know, I'm not a good sport climber. <laughs> yeah. You're too, you're too thick. I'm just, I'm just let you know. Um, as, as Whit calls me, he calls me a thug climber. I kind of climb like a thug, even ice right. climbing, you know. Yeah. How long have you been ice climbing then? So I started ice climbing in 1997. Okay. So a little bit longer. A little bit longer. And then uh, climbed to start in Colorado. Uh, climbed in Boulder Canyon back when they actually were farming some ice there. Sure. That was my first time ever ice climbing there. And then uh, my second time ever ice climbing was in Cody. The guy I met was, his name was Gordon. And, uh, man, he, you know, he, what, he, he taught me a lot of things. A lot of things I got you know, taught were not necessarily the best of practices, but he was, I, in a lot of ways, sometimes I just felt like I was there for the belay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he drug me to Cody and we drove, we went up the main vein and it was like a wonderland of ice there. Sure. Back then, you know, 97, uh, you know, ice climbing wasn't really all that big yet. And nobody really knew about Cody a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. this guy named Todd Cousins that had been kind of the pioneer and very little information was out there on it and uh, fell in love with it. That was it. Like that second time ice climbing Cody, I was like, all right, I, I need to come back here. And, you know, what I really liked about Cody was there was nobody around, you know, and, and I, I always get worked up. That's, you know, when I go to Colorado and, you know, I go to Ure or you go somewhere and there's all these people standing around watching you. It's like, I get all nervous and, you know, oh, man, this sucks. You uh-huh. Know, I'm not as good as these other people, blah, blah, blah. You know, all those demons start running into your head. So in Cody, it's like I'm so used to climbing just me and my buddy. You uh-huh. know? And it's like I've competed at Ure a couple of times. It is so awkward and weird for me to just have other people watching me climb. It's, right. It's hard. You know, I just – and, you know, the Colorado climbers are so used to it. You're always with people. You know, right. There's always somebody around. There's always somebody watching and – and I guess when I don't rock climb, then you're, <laughs> you know, if you're not out sport climbing, there's definitely nobody out watching, you know, nobody's right. always watching you then. So, right. yeah. So, uh, so that's where it kind of started. And then I, I decided I was going to move there. Okay. So did you, let's go back a little bit yeah. further then. where did you grow up? So I grew up in California. Uh-huh. Uh, most of my life, uh, lived in California until, where about? Uh, I was in Fresno. Oh, okay. Never, awesome you know, I should have been rock climbing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I should have been, you know, Yosemite bum or something. Right. And I just wasn't, um, I didn't, you know, that's funny. I didn't even think about rock climbing then. I, yeah. You're a kid, man. I was you're a trying kid. to be cool. Yeah. I was, you know, yeah. I, I just grew up hunting and, you know, playing on the, on the lake and stuff like that. Right. And that was really all I did. And so I moved to Colorado in, uh, 95, graduated high school in 95. And then, uh, just started, came there because my parents were moving there. I was like, okay. yeah, dude, I'm ready to get out of California. I want mm-hmm. something different. Go to the mountains. This sounds great. So thank, very thankful to get out of California. I didn't really probably realize it until I, the further I got away from California. And then I realized how great it was. And then uh, started going to school there and then working. And, and then I met this guy in this warehouse that I was working in, building uh, wheelchair seat cushions. And he's like, hey, you want to go rock climbing? It's like, sure. So went out rock climbing. And that was kind of the, the start of it all. And then... Uh, so I was there in Colorado for four years and then moved to Cody specifically to go ice climbing. Like uh-huh. that was my reason. And all my friends were like, you're such an idiot. You know, you're like, I think I was 20, 20, must've been like 23 or something like that. You know, 22, 23 moving from Colorado, you know, the land of, you know, gorgeous women and, you know, college life there and all sure. that to freaking Cody, Wyoming. <laughs> Did you, what year was this to about? 99 is when I moved okay, to Cody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you. I was thinking this when you were talking about exploration with ice climbing. You sort of were on really the cusp, and actually, that's even before it, really, of 
I mean, a bit of a revolution in ice climbing and pure waterfall ice climbing. Yeah. We were talking earlier. I was telling you why I don't ice climb, among other things. And I'll get this story in here somewhere, but we'll get to it in a minute. But, but really, you know, like I climbed in an era just about a decade before that. And it was still like big plastic boots and big old heavy crampons and straight shaft tools. And it was while the waterfall climbing had come on. You know, it was still sort of like this real hard man, mountain man kind of of thing that you did with the back of your mind as you were really just preparing for the big, big ranges. Yeah. And Jeff Lowe had, you know, he was, I think, revolutionary in his time to say, let's go climb these short, steep, hard things. And I'm going to create some some technical tools, which at the time seemed very advanced, but now like ridiculously not so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like, and then this whole era, I miss this whole era of, of a new revolution of very, uh, you know, very svelte tools, <laughs> very, you know, lightweight boots, lightweight, lightweight everything. Yeah. And then, you know, and it sounds like, like you were sort of poised at this place and then Wyoming becomes like basically this place for you to explore you and a handful of other people certainly yeah almost before it like really blew up with you know in colorado we all know about your ray the ice festival and all those sorts of things but yeah you know it sounds awesome that you guys were scraping around like maybe you know just in time to to sort of beat this wave yeah i mean it was i mean uh when i moved to cody todd cousins and kurt cousins uh you know they'd really kind of it stopped a lot of that you know they just didn't been climbing as much as they had been prior years and they'd done a really good job of picking off all the things you could pretty much see from the road. And so, uh, you know, uh, exploration kind of, I think started with my dad because as a hunter, he always, you know, we we're hunting in California, always wanted to go hike somewhere, you know, let's mm-hmm. go get away from people. Let's mm-hmm. go do this or whatever. So I remember hiking for three or four hours forever, getting into anything or sometimes going hiking for 10 hours with my dad hunting and never seeing a dang thing. So I think that kind of started my exploration. And then, uh, so moving there, I was like, well, there's all these other canyons. There's got to be more stuff, you know, or let's go do this. You know, eh, it's six miles in, but I don't know. It looks like it'll be good, you know. Sure. So uh, I was, yeah, I was kind of, and then I, you know, I was really one of the very few people there that was probably had a bit of an addiction about it, mm-hmm. you know, that was climbing as much as they could and, and everything else. And it was kind of like my own little playground, you know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of, and I made the rules and, you know, for myself and where I could go and what I wanted to go do and. It was pretty nice, and it's still, you know, to this day, there's a lot of people, a lot more people come to Cody and, and climbing, and but all those people that come, they don't, you know, they don't want to go hike for six hours sure. in the woods. They go come look there they want to because climb these, of the convenience of, yeah. of the main areas. Yeah, they want to climb these big classics that are there, and that's, you know, that's fine. It's, you know, it's totally good because it still allows me to have time to go tick off these other things that are on my list. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, you know, because yeah, I only I think I when I first gotten into it, I think I only climbed the plastics for a year or two, and right. then they had the leather boots, and then you know n- nicer tools started coming out, and you know screws and it all. So I really didn't get to experience, you know, the much I would say the tougher life of ice climbing. You know, a little more I would say a lot more suffering back then. And, sure, you know, beating yourself up. <laughs> you know, I beat my sh- fair share in knuckles, but uh, I don't think I you know I don't think I ever swung a straight axe tool either. So. <laughs> You know, that might date it even more. I think I did. I've I got a, a pair. Tool. I've got a pair that you can maybe do a little retro day where yeah. you go. I've got, I think I could probably dig out my foot fangs too for you. Oh man. As well as my, uh, Scarpa Denali, uh, 
plastic boots. We'll get you hooked up. I'm sure you look like <laughs> Great, about the same man. size foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's we'll go get a, after we'll it. We'll go right back to 1989. It'll be, be thrilling for yeah. you. Yeah, I always thought those foot fangs would look like director sets of some sort, man. They were, yeah, but they were like, at the moment, man, if <laughs> they were you didn't best. have foot fangs, you might as well have gone home. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> and Yeah, there's no way I threw them away. No, I'm sure you're They're right. somewhere. I've got a pair. I've just yeah. never had them. Yeah, on my so, feet. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're hanging on my wall somewhere. All right, so I'll, I'm gonna. Go, I promise to tell you the story. I'm gonna go ahead and ins- insert it in here because I, I was sort of emailing with Aaron and trying to get him to uh, or Mulk. You just go by Mulky. Most people call me Mulky. Mulky. Yeah. Anyway, to you know, sort of talk to him about ice climbing, like I knew what I was talking about. So there was three incidences. Well, no, there was. Two incidences over three ice climbing trips that that convinced me to never ice climb again. Although talking to you, you've you've kind of got me excited about it. But anyway, <laughs> um, the first one involved. I was living in California, and I was this was like in my sort of big wallet era. I was living in SoCal, and a friend of mine, John Gleason, um, a John Gleason. I know actually two John Gleasons, so. One of the John Gleasons is going, I don't remember this. The other one, he'll remember this for sure. So we went up after I hadn't climbed for a couple of years because I'd been living in Southern California and like rock climbing in the yeah. sun. We went up to Lee Vining to go ice climbing. Now, I had been a pretty good ice climber for the day. You know, I'd climb the stuff in Vail and whatnot. So I was like, all right, let's go up there. I'll, I'll totally lead everything and blah, blah, blah. So first of all, we hike in and I forget all the quick draws. So I've got like five or six or maybe more screws and no way to clip them. <laughs> so first of all, we pirate all these different beaners off of stuff so we can I can clip into these these things. And then we borrow some. There's another two guys there. So I'm like, all right, that line looks good. You know, it's a big wall. Have you ever climbed there? Probably no, I've not. seen pictures of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a leaky aqueduct, so it's like a big wall of all these flows. So I pick a line, audacious line. Lead the first pitch. Goes okay. Put in a... a, a Screw anchor actually halfway up the wall and uh, bring my partner up. And what I didn't notice is that there was this little drip. And even though it was like super cold out, because it's a leaky aqueduct, it, it almost always runs with some water, um, even if it's pretty cold. So this little drip is splattering above me and just like splattering me like the smallest bit. So John's coming up and he's having a hard time. He's not ice climbed a ton. He's from California, Southern California. And by the time he gets there, I'm like, caked in this armor of ice because the splatter is hitting me and then it's freezing <laughs> and my hands are frozen this is anybody who ice climbs and doesn't ice climb it's the freezing of the hands that really like turns the whole thing yeah, around the freezing barfies all right or the freezing blackouts as we will find <laughs> out here in a minute so i i'm like all right i gotta get going i gotta leave this next pitch i gotta warm my hands up so i we get everything sorted out and I start leading up this, this kind of crusty pillar that goes between these two rock walls. And I like leading up there and my hands are now starting to warm up again. As we all know, that's extraordinarily painful. I'm cold. I haven't eaten enough. I like try to get a screw in. I can't get it in. So I keep going as usual. And I get, I get to this point where I'm like, above this pillar, I still can't get a screw in. The, the, the ice is too rotten. And my hands start to hurt so bad that I start to get woozy. Like I start to like close down a little bit and I start to talk to John. I'm like, John, 
I think I might pass out. And this would, if I fell at this point, it would be a factor two fall, like a 40 foot factor two onto a, onto an ice screw blade. Oh not a good, not, <laughs> not a good physics situation. No, no. So I'm like getting sweaty, hands are hurting. I'm, I'm like kind of rocking. I, I'm standing on this like little pedestal, my feet together. So I start to feel like I'm going to pass out and I'm like, to John, I'm like, I think I'm going to pass out. And he's like, no, dude, no, you, no, you are not going to pass out. And I'm like, no, I think I got it, but man, I feel really terrible. So I pound one of my tools in with the other tool, clip into my leash, put my arm through it and set the other tool. And I just, I just stand there like rocking back and forth. And, and John's like, stay with us, dude. 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 With us, dude. And he like... I hear him just fade away and like the tunnel closes on my fucking eyesight and I pass out leading an ice climb (laughs) and I like, I slump for a second and I don't actually like fall off completely, but I'm definitely gone. And then I just like, boom, I come back alive and like (laughs) I stand back up on this little pedestal and like, like I'm totally like hyper adrenalized all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, you okay, man? You okay? <laughs> he's and I'm back. Like, he's back. No, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I think I just passed out, but I'm good. <laughs> he's like, you got to come back down. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to finish this thing. Well, down climbing back to him, it didn't seem like any better of an idea than climbing <laughs> up. Because I was getting towards better eyes. Besides, I'm all adrenalized now. I'm like, I forgot I'm going to climb. So I start climbing up and finally get a screw in about 80 feet above him. Keep climbing, climb all the way to the top, and it tops out in rock. And so I've got rock anchors now. Put some anchors in. By this time, my hands have frozen again. And I lay on this rock slab, and you know, people have said, hey, you should do video for this thing. And right now, video would work because I would demonstrate <laughs> the writhing around on this rock slab that I did while I like cried in <laughs> my, my hands. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to like do this all again? So finally my hands come back and I put my buddy on belay and he's down there like, all right, so my belayer is prone to passing out. Like yeah, this, this is, is going to work really good. Anyway. Can't wait. <laughs> so I bring him back up. We go back down and we run into those guys we, we borrowed the, uh, the, the, the quick draws from. Yeah. They didn't see me pass out nor would they have noticed what had happened. But they did see me like writhing around on top and they were like, dude, what was going on up there? Like. <laughs> I'm like, ah, no, nothing. It's just what I do on top of it. Just like to get the fetal position, roll around every once in a while. So we came down and we like kind of walked back and it was like we had this sort of discussion about he asked me whether I wanted anyone to know about this. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. It's probably not that cool, huh? But as soon as we got back, I was like, I had to start telling the story of passing out on lead. So <laughs> anyway, I'm That's not going to tell you. I've story. never heard that before. So there you go. I, I bet you it's never happened. I hope I, I bet you no one's lived to tell about it. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say it. Yeah. Oh, so blacking man. out on lead. There you go. That's uh, if you wonder why I don't ice climb, it's because I'm prone to blacking out on lead. Uh, two trips later, my partner broke his ankle, had to slide him out. Uh, and that was like, I think I took it as a sign from the Supreme being of, it was either spend a couple grand on new equipment at the very least, or just stop doing this. And I was like, I think I'm going to stop doing this. So (laughs) that was it. That was it. And I have never, I've never hoisted an ice tool in anger since. 
Yeah, I, I think you got some pretty good reasoning there. <laughs> <laughs> the blacking out. I don't. Oh man. Yeah, it might be a little sketchy. Yeah, no, just a little. I know. Uh, yeah. And you know, I think John. The reason he was saying, I don't know, if, you know, do you want anyone to know about this? <laughs> is because he was like, you're ne- no one's gonna ever climb with you again. Like. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. I was a, I was, there was a, a pretty good chance of a forty footer factor oh. two onto an ice screw anchor. And back like, then, the screw. I mean, you're talking about not not anywhere near the kind of screws that we're looking at. Like I one of those don't old know what would happen. Yeah, no, yeah. they were uh, they were um, probably rats. Actually, do you oh. know what a rat was? A low rat. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that just makes that story even worse. All right. There you go. So I know that we should we should stop now because you can't even follow that story. But what I want to ask you about is and we is sort of culture wise. You run in two circles. You run in a in a in a kayaking culture in the summertime, and you run in this ice climbing culture in the wintertime. I don't know how many of your friends cross over like you do, but what I know about the two uh, does seem like it's it's. It could probably be polar opposites. Polar, yeah, I would say so. I don't have a single friend that does both. Right. So, yeah, I, I kind of have like, I without a doubt, I have summer friends and winter friends. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. <laughs> you know, and uh, they're different people too, you know. I mean, uh, this last weekend with my kayaking buddies, you know, we go and check out this gorge and going to go paddle the next day. And, you know, they're... They, I finally go to bed. You know, I'm not a big drinker. I think I had three or four drinks, which was a lot for me. And they, uh, yeah, I think between the four of them, they finished 50 beers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jaeger, a bottle of Jägermeister and a bottle of whiskey. You know, and that was like no big deal. You know, middle of the night, I wake up and they're wrestling around the ground. And you know, it's like, you know, I feel like I feel like it's in high school again at some you know some big party. Right. You know, and it's just raging. They got the you know the radios on blaring. You know, you're just trying to sleep to get to the next day. You know, it's like. I was feeling really old as well, but yeah, those guys don't mess around, man. They drink some serious beer, and uh, they, they kind of seem like a little bit of uh, anarchist uh, vein runs through. Yeah, that, sometimes that for sure. Too. Yeah, like, they don't mind going and just paddling serious white water with a hangover, right? You know, like uh, yeah, the Mayas climbing buddies don't. You know, we're like, yeah, we go to bed at early as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get some food, take a shower, we're going to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. You know, whereas they it doesn't even matter what we've done the day or going to do the next day. It's like it's sure. party mode. Let's go. Right. You know, right. next thing you know, you're at strip clubs in a bar at two in the morning. And you're planning on going kayaking. See, that's what I'm talking. About. Like <laughs> the anarchy thing. Like they don't. A lot of those guys, and I've always equated it to that. What I said earlier about every day, like you know, sort of in my my estimation, courting death, but. Like they don't have seem to have as much problem with the like getting in trouble with the law, like <laughs> I mean all these sorts of things, you know, and and especially when you get into maybe away from ice climbing and into sport climbing, like you know, sport climbers are pretty much rule followers. Yeah, like sport climbing is kind of about rules. Yeah, you know, you have all these rules in which you under which you climb, or else it's invalidated, and you know. We're here at the trade show, one of the first trade shows I ever went to years ago in the 90s here in Salt Lake. I went to a Black Diamond party uh, over at their their offices. I think it's changed since then. But, you know, it was a fun party and everybody was drinking and laughing and carrying on and everything else. And then we were kind of like, well, let's go see what's going on at this. Uh, it was a Teva party. Like, <laughs> uh, 
and this was when they were sort of like in more of an underground company that they are now and very much more of a whitewater company than a fashion company like they are now. They still do that stuff, but it was at the Deviate, which uh, was a club that was in the building that burned down during a trade show a few years ago. A whole nother story, but it was like we walked in and it was nuts. There was like dudes in their spray skirts dancing. There's like this balcony above it and guys are just like, Pouring beer on the crowd, you know, <laughs> and it was like the boater party. Like we yeah. found the boater party, you know, and my guess is half of those guys probably went boating in the morning, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've always felt like I got to like when, you know, April comes around, like I got to start drinking. Start a sort of training. Yeah. A it's bit. my training, you know, <laughs> like not in the gym anymore, but Punching I, I got to get to the bar. I got to stay up later. Right. You know, I got to really prep myself, you know, versus you know, the opposite of Alpine season mm-hmm. coming on. Yeah. It, I don't know how they, I really don't. I mean, I, I try to, you know, stand up in that game and, you know, those kids and sometimes I can, sometimes I can't, but man, sure. I'll tell you what, the older I get, the harder it is to stay up till three in the morning, go paddle the next day. But with you, maybe it's a bit of a summer winter thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, cause it's, you know, and especially in Wyoming, it's dark in the winter time. Yeah. And dark thoughts creep in. Oh, yeah. And I think maybe, you know, the cold and the, so the ice climber mentality is, is sort of a gathering of the, of the wagons and like, let's just keep ourselves emotionally in check and like, yeah. you know, till we get through the winter and get through the cold. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, and the, for sure, like the kayakers, I think they just do a lot of drinking in the winter time. Some of them ski, but you know, sure. it's, but, uh, yeah, one of my buddies, uh, Nathan Danforth, he moved away from, he was living at Tinsleep and, he said he had to move out of town, otherwise his liver wasn't going to last any longer, you know? <laughs> and I believe it, because I was just in there all the time. And I remember we had kayaked Tin Sleep Creek, and we came in there to party one day, and, you know, and uh, my buddy's like, he looks over at the bartender, and he's like, hey, you ever seen a guy dance on the bar with a shirt off? She's like, I haven't seen that. And he goes, you wanna? Next thing you know, he's dancing up yeah. on the bar, you know? And we thought we were going to get our butts kicked by some of the cowboys, but they all thought it was somewhat entertaining, but... Yeah, they're kind of a little loopy like that sometimes. Sure. You know, I don't know too many climbers, not in my world. You know, I mean, I went to Norway and we were in bed whenever we could get to bed and, you know, up and rallying early in the morning. It's just mm-hmm. different, little different world. And so, yeah, at my wedding, it's going to be like this clash of my worlds. Like they're all going to come together in this one spot. Right. You know? And so the stories of each one of them are going to come together. And I'm kind of curious to see which, which one kind of, you know, That'll stays up the latest. Awesome and, to watch. Yeah. It'd be almost like a actually. documentary of these two, you know, animals coming right. together. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody that's, you know, big in the, in the, that social thing is going to, it would be a good little, uh, documentary at some point. But yeah, it's, it's a different world. That's for sure. And, but you see, you feel like you just, you're able to just throw the switch and tread back and forth. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I get so excited come April to, to go kayaking. You know, I'm kind of tired of the tools, tired of climbing a little bit, and uh, I'm so psyched to go paddle. And then mm-hmm. when paddle season's over, like it is about right now, it's like I'm so psyched and stoked to just go out and go climbing. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, it's good because I kind of feel like I get this renewed energy to just go out and get after it. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm not getting into that just every day of this is what it is. But I also think it in some ways in safety terms, it's good for me because I, I don't get into just this, you know, rhythm of doing the same sure. thing all the time. and. And I do feel like I took my kids out climbing uh, a week ago, and it was like, you know, I got to the top of the sport climb. I was like, oh, okay, how do I? I see, I got to clip this, and you know, got to put my rope through here. This is how I got to lower. You know, it's like, okay, I got to think about this again. You know, it's not just standard thing for me to you know unclip and then get lowered or whatever. So, 
in some ways, I think it's kind of good for that. God, that's actually I would never have really connected that, but yeah. but I I've talked about that a bunch. Like spe- speaking of arcs, like this arc with safety that you go through, and you go over this hump into routine, and and you know we all hear about the really great climber who who fucks it up. Yeah, and you kind of stay on the top there. You're not a beginner. You know how it's done, but yep. the, the fact is, is you have to review it. And totally, have to you review pay it. attention to it. Yeah, it's it's a total new review. No matter you know, I've been been climbing for all the years that I have, but it's every winter that comes around. Every time I start climbing again, it's total review. And that review seems to always kind of last a while. Like I'm always kind of thinking about this or that. And it's yeah, I, I for that I guess I'm appreciative of it. You mm-hmm. know, and it just kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit more. And you know, and you always got to get that headspace back of leading again. And you know, it's just it's it's interesting. And well, you stay psyched too. I mean, oh uh, yeah, like. Being just a pure rock climber, and in Colorado, I can rock climb all year, although I ski some, but, but you can rock climb in the sun even in, in, in the dead of winter. I have to, like, at times kind of, like, you know, sort of make up or look for a reason to kind of get psyched again. And it can get to be sort of this grind. Oh, I'm going to rifle. I'm going to yeah. warm up again today. and I'm going to do this. So you've got this, you know, I mean – amped like preampage every every season to yeah. get back into it and it's like these new friendships you know you haven't hung out with my you know i haven't hung out with my my ice climbing buddies sure. for all all summer long and right now i'm stoked to go get out with them and go climbing how do you feel the fitness crosses over i think the fitness f- crosses over pretty good like i you know I, i've been really good about training for the last uh-huh. couple of years and that's probably what's helped me kind of stay on top of my game and also maybe make that game a little bit better but uh so i train uh, Alpine Training Center, Connie at the Alpine Training Center writes all my stuff for me out of Boulder, mm-hmm. and then she sends it to me weekly, and I go to the, the local CrossFit gym that lets me gives me a key, and uh, Cody CrossFit, and so I get to go do my own stuff. So I kind of kind of keep up on my training quite sure. a bit that way, but I also feel like, um, you know, the kayaking thing is total upper body a lot of it, right? You know? And then, but there is a lot of hiking in with your boats and crap like that. Sure, you, know, if you wanna. You know, hiking to the wind seven miles with a, you know, 70, 80 pounds on it with a 50 pound kayak, you know, that kind of keeps you fit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a little bit harder on the body sometimes, but I'd say it's a pretty good little crossover, you know, and it's, uh, again, you know, the, the partners really kind of help keep you stoked and, you know, keep your fitness levels up as well. And you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good all around thing. I've got some good partners that are always stoked to kind of get get out with me too. Mm-hmm. I've got a kind of a knit group of guys I know I can call up and they'll you know fly out from Colorado because I really don't have. Funny thing, I don't have many kayaking buddies or climbing buddies that are actually lo- really local local. Okay. A few more kayaking buddies, but climbing buddies like Doug Shepard and Stephen Bergmanger and Kevin Craig and you know Tanner Calendars, Chris and and Billings. They're like some of those are close, but they're the nearest ones a hundred miles away. Right. But they're all guys I know that I can kind of like call up and they're going to, you know, hop on a plane, you know, to come out and do something the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with, you know, the kayakers. So it's, it's, uh, it's a cool group. You know, it's kind of cool that you can just call somebody up and say, hey, I got this idea. Let's go. And I have a lot of people just don't pick up the phone either. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's multi. Oh, God, it's him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or their wives or girlfriends block. are like, don't right. you pick that up. Right. You're going to have to don't. block your number. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you pick that phone up. <laughs> you know, it's multi. I know what he's got in mind. And if it's a day, it's two days or, right. you know, whatever right. it is. So, that, yeah, they call them the multi missions. And, uh, you know, they've gotten a bad rap over the years. But, uh, you know, we've gotten some pretty rad stuff done before sure. as well. So, you know, well, you no said that your is. success rate isn't isn't so terrible. No, my success rate's much better than uh, the failure rate. That's for sure. And, you know, I guess 
it all depends on what your classification is of success. My mine might be a little different than some of my partners, right. <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, it's 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 usually pretty good. So we always, you know, it's it's kind of like you know Kelly Cordes wrote that article on uh, you know the levels of fun. Sure. You know, and sometimes there tends to be a you know a lot more of that. Uh, what is it? The is it class four fun or love? Level four fun, whatever right, it is. Which is where it was fun, like days later after Days it's all later, done, yeah, 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 yeah. And the story, you're like, you know, that was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have a lot of those where you're just like, I don't want to, I'm never going back there. But then two years later, it's like, I don't know, man, we had a pretty good time back there. Totally. Let's go. Yeah. You know, you just forget about it all. Yeah. No, I, I the, the, <laughs> The human mind is amazing for forgetting, uh, mm-hmm. forgetting, especially physical trauma. Yeah. You know, mental trauma, maybe not so much, but, but physical, like, you know, when you're sitting there and you're like, this is the coldest I've ever been. Yeah. You know, this is a horrible, this is the worst. And then it's like, was I that cold or was I just being a wimp? You know, like <laughs> once you're warmed up again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, it's, uh, the kayakers, it tends to be, you know, uh, just a mm-hmm. quick funny story. The buddy of mine, Ben Stooksbury, he's a very well-known expedition kayaker, one of the probably one of the best in the world for sure. Sure, I've seen some of his uh, his stuff. Yeah, yeah. He and I got him talked into doing a trip over in Casper in April, and we got it. We I went in with one of my buddies, and he ended up swimming, and so it's like we got to come back in, man. And he happened to be in Montana, and he's like, "All right, I'll come if it's good. It's, I'll come." And I was like, come, "It's good, man. Come on." We wake up in the morning, it's a full-on blizzard, and we're like, you know, I was kind of actually like, I don't know, and Ben's like, dude, I'm here, let's go. I was like, all right, dude, let's roll, you know, let's right. rally. So, you know, we ended up having this great trip, and we we were all, we thought we were done. We were like psyched, you know, we'd just done this first ascent, oh, yeah, sweet, and next thing I know, we boat into this little mini gorge, and now I'm with Ben Stooksbury, I'm like, I'm going to follow the guy wherever he goes, right. right, he knows what he's doing. And we get locked into this can, there's this like 30-foot waterfall, it goes into this like sieve and under this wall, or, or, we're stuck because we'd boated into it. There's like no, there's no sandbars or rocks to hike out on, right? So, right. so anyways, we uh, we get there looking. He's like, "Well, you're the climber, man. Get us out of here." You know, it's like 60, 70 feet up this wall. There's mist coming off, and I was like, "Well, all right, you know, if, <laughs> I guess that's really our only choice." You know, so I ended up climbing out of this thing, and they tied a rope to my life jacket, and I was like, well, "What's gonna happen if I fall in the water?" They're like, well, well, we'll pull you out, and I'm like. I'm going to be into the sieve. He's like, well, I think we can get you out. I'm like, God. Yeah, I was just like, Jesus, man. So anyways, I get to the top, and he's just – I get this little fidgety anchor, and you know, I get him – get my other buddy up. There was three of us, and mm-hmm. then I'm pulling Ben up, and uh, he's cold. He's so right. cold, you know, and he's totally kind of like out of it. And he, uh, he finally gets to the top, and he's like, man, you just – that was just way too cold down there. And he goes, what's with that shitty anchor? I'm like – are you kidding me, man? I just drug your ass out of there. I just risked my life, like, no gear up this wall, uh-huh. you know, and I got you up here, and the first thing you're going to give me crap out is my anchor. I was like, listen, man, I don't tell you how to paddle. Right. <laughs> you don't tell me how to freaking start and get a rock anchor, all right? right? You're up on top. You're safe. Like, leave it at that, you know? It's just... So, you know, it's funny, like, these two different worlds kind of clash sometimes, and a lot of those kayakers don't really understand the rock climbing piece sure. at all, and... You know, the climbers don't really understand the kayaking. So when you were on top of this cliff now, then where? I mean... So then we were able to, like... Right, where were Once I got you? up on top of the cliff, right. I was, we were able to kind of walk around. We are on top of the gorge and we were able to okay. walk back and get back down into it. Okay. But the only way out was to climb out. That right. was pretty much it. Because right. we boated probably, like, 100 yards into the canyon. Uh-huh. And we, we we thought it was over. We didn't, you know, we really don't remember anything on the map. And it looked like it was going to be good to go. And it just it just wasn't. It was just a really bad situation. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> All right. Well, you've over the last hour, you've convinced me to maybe 
look into ice climbing again. Uh, if one of my friends will take me and be kind. But there, that story just like, yeah, there's no way I'm going kayaking ever. All right. Oh man, I don't know. I got a two person kayak. It's yeah. Oh yeah, that'll fun, be man. great. That'll be take awesome for stuff. you and your uh, and your future wife. Yeah. you'll have a really good time together in that thing. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Is she interested in kayaking too? Yeah, I take her out on that. All yeah, right. I've got a couple of my climber friends because it's great. It's a two person kayak and. Yeah, I could take anybody, somebody who's never been down the river, put them to the front and scare the crap out of them down a river. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. I'm staying away from <laughs> Cody in the summertime. But, uh, well, good luck with, uh, with, uh, your, your coming nuptials. It sounds like you found the perfect woman. Yeah, I did. There's, there's no doubt I find somebody that's, uh, willing to put up with me and all the things that I like nice. to do and antics and all that stuff. I'm pretty lucky. And, uh, yeah, you know, as long as she doesn't back out. I'm good. <laughs> and you got you got your kids interested in any of this crap? Yeah, my kids love kayaking. They love rock climbing. Cool. You know, they're totally they're really psyched on it. They love doing it. Um, they love. We do a lot more rafting, but I take them down to that two person kayak mm-hmm. as well, and they mm-hmm. think it's the funnest thing in the world. And yeah, they're really into rock climbing. So yeah. I've actually actually having to do a little bit more rock climbing lately because they want to go out and you know go do some of that. Yeah. And I've taken them ice climbing as well. They they weren't quite as stoked on that. They're a little cold and yeah. <laughs> Watching my son, you know, sixty smart. feet up. They're saying they're too, too intelligent. Yeah, maybe too intelligent. Yeah, I think maybe watching my son in tears from screaming barfies was yeah. maybe the limit for him. I know, you know? where he was at. Yeah, I know where he was it's at. Like, why? Well, you, you got the? Uh, didn't you get the Rad Dad Award from I get, Outside yeah. Magazine? Yeah, I got the Rad Dad Award from Outside Magazine. So that was pretty cool. You yeah, know, my kids are psyched on that, and yeah, you know, I mean, our kids are. It's it's awesome, and you know, it's. I do get some crap from people for the things that I do, kayaking, ice climbing wise, and having kids. Right, and, right. You know, I, I'm pretty smart about what I do, and you know, and I make those smart decisions. And yeah, my decision may not be what somebody else would like it to be, but um, it's it is it has. I mean, it's changed my awareness in climbing and both kayaking. You know, I was having kids, and in fact, I was just talking uh, to a friend the other day about it. When my kids are with me, you know, they spend most of the summers all with me, and it's hard for me to go out and paddle class five or you know in the winter time when they're hanging out with me to go climb something hard i can't right it's hard for me to get like in that mental space to where i know i can it can do that and you know in some ways it's it, it's definitely a little weird but um it's uh it, it, i think it kind of helps bring all of my worlds together and, and you know you're thankful for the things that you got and realize that if i don't do the things that i do like it's not me like right. that's that's part of me and my kids understand that they appreciate that you know and uh yeah, it, and that seeing them enjoy the things is great. Do I want my kids to become, you know, big, big ice climbers and kayakers? I don't know. You know, <laughs> maybe I'd like them like, to enjoy the sport, but right, I don't know that right. I necessarily want them going out and, you know, running waterfalls and climbing waterfalls. Well, you're going to basically not have any choice if they just do or yeah. they don't. Exactly. You know? so. Exactly. I, you know, I can, I can show them the way right. a little bit. Right. And I'm glad that they like to enjoy it a little bit, but they decided to like, take off and run with it. That's totally going to be their decision. Right on. You know, and I wouldn't hold them back, obviously, either. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for uh, coming and giving me an hour of your time. I really appreciate it. As usual, uh, I think the fans appreciate anytime uh, you guys are willing to open up about your worlds that we sort of aspire to. And, uh, I mean, you're a sponsored climber, but you also have a real job. You've got a family and yeah. you still manage to get it all done. Yeah. And yeah. that's, uh, that's something that, uh, I think a lot of us out there aspire to. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a little, it's a dangerous, uh, 
you know, tightrope sometimes, but uh, you just take the good with the bad. And, sure. You know, you work as hard as you can and get all that free time and enroll with it. And, you know, your life's what you make out of it, right? So, yep. yeah, you know, live it to the fullest, I guess. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Aaron. Yep. Thanks for having me on. All right, folks, thanks for listening. A lot of fun talking to Aaron. It's great to meet him. And I want to thank Nathan Smith over at Liberty Mountain for making that happen. Liberty Mountain is a purveyor of fine outdoor equipment, climbing equipment. And he's the guy that hooked me up with Aaron. So I totally appreciate that. Nathan is a fan and a supporter of the show. Okay, remember, if you have a list in your mind people you want me to talk to feel free to send it to me you can reach me for any sort of chit chat at chris at enormacast.com you can go to enormacast.com and if you want to figure out other ways to help out the show click on the help out tab over there and uh, see what it says there's all sorts of easy things you can do i also want to give a shout out to folks who have been stepping up to the donation plate lately there's been some great donations and uh, a lot of support coming through that. That helps keep me psyched, allows me to buy stickers and all sorts of other things that help the show along. So I do totally appreciate that. Hopefully I can put some money towards traveling and meeting up with some of these people you're suggesting that I interview. Okay, winter's almost here, but there's some few warm days here in Colorado left for rock climbing. And then, yep, we're turning it over to you ice climbers, you masochists. But remember, whether you're climbing rock or early ice or whatever you're doing, don't forget to check your knot. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! Man, come on. Who are you going to believe? Those guys are... We dropped off the damn money. We? Why? The royal we.